Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Harlow White Healing Stream, the official podcast of Pastor Harlow White and the Harlow White Ministries Outreach Church. This podcast unveils the archives of Pastor Harlow White and the kingdom message that God the Father poured into Pastor Harlow White in the 1980s. We thank you for your generous support in making this podcast possible. This week's message is God Will Heal Your Wounds and Sentiments, a two-part series delivered originally in February of 1982. Before we get into the message, let's hear from Pastor Harlow White and hear what he has to say. Welcome to the Harlow White Healing Stream broadcast. I'm Pastor Harlow White. God ordained my life to be a prophet to people of every nation. God has given me a message that will bring salvation, joy, healing, and prosperity to your life. Powers of evil spirits and curses can be broken from your life as I minister this message today. This message is going to every nation on the earth from 72 satellites. Let faith rise up in your heart as I give you this message. Be healed. Be delivered. Be set free. As you feel God doing a miracle in you today, I want to hear from you. Visit my website, HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com. That's H-A-R-L-O-W-H-I-T-E, HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com. Give me your testimony of what God has done for you through the message I have delivered to you today. I want you to pray about making a donation on my donation page, or you can write to me. That's Pastor Harlow, H-A-R-L-O, White, W-H-I-T-E, Pastor Harlow White, Post Office Box 4695, Post Office Box 4695, write that down, Chicago, Illinois, 60680. Get ready to receive what God has for you today. And now go with me into today's message. We're ministering on God will heal all your wounds and sentiments. And many people are in bondage today to the sentimental aspect of their life. Unless you can free yourself from sentiments, you will forever be tormented. Why? Because the enemy is very cunning. If he cannot keep you in the world, he will endeavor to keep you in his clutches some other way. And if he can keep you in torment all of your Christian experience, he will keep you from being the vessel God wants you to be to bring deliverance to other people. He wants you free from that torment. And the sentiments of our lives that are connected with memories that we associate happiness with, or we associate hurt with, 
both of these can rule your life. If ever at a time in your life you were totally happy, and you're not tonight, you can forever live in bondage, thriving on yesterday. When I, when I use the word thriving, I'm talking about that is what your soul will feast on yesterday. It keeps you from being what God wants you to be today. Some of you think about when you used to have all the family around the table. And you've, some of you have gone through divorces and problems and traumatic experiences with your families that have busted them up and, and done all kinds of things. And your mind goes back and reminisces over that time when you had all of the family around the table. And the devil will cause you to set out to try and perform a lie. What is the lie the enemy will try to get you to perform? Of recapturing that. He didn't tell you it's forever gone. Your kids are grown. They've got their own lives. You went back and tried to reconstruct that world that you used to live in. It's impossible to reconstruct it. For one thing, God won't permit it. He doesn't want you to live yesterday. He wants you to live today. Right now. And as soon as we realize that Jesus Christ is our happiness, He is the answer to your loneliness. Then that soon you can be on your way to your healing and your victory over those sentiments. Many people are hurt and wounded in their soul. Now remember, there are several aspects of you. One is your spirit, the eternal part that loves God. The eternal part of you that does not want to sin. But what is it that holds you in bondage and keeps you from fulfilling the desire of your spirit? Understand the desire of your spirit keeps you from willfully rebelling against God. The only thing that is holding many of us in bondage is the subconsciousness of torment that links our flesh to memories of the past, whether they're good or bad. And that has got to be broken and severed. Let the Lord make you happy today, right now. Someone said, well, the Lord has strange ways of doing this. Yes, he does. He has the way that is very strange 
The reason it's strange is because you don't know the person he's dealing with on the inside of you yet. The reason it's strange to you is because he is dealing with a person you don't even know. Some of you don't even know yourself. You do not know what is holding you in bondage. Therefore, you've never been able to figure out why you're going through all of these things. It seems weird that God would move in your life in the way that he's moving. But the reason he's doing that is he's working about his plan to relate to the person that you really don't know. The thing that's locked up on the inside of you. And some of you have never really been able to put your finger on. You've never been able to really and truly be blessed because of that bondage. Quit living on nostalgia. Quit living on memories. Memories are good if they add to present victory and happiness. If they take away from it, get deliverance from them. Somebody said, well, I can't just wipe my mind clean. No, you can't, but God can. If God can forget your sins, how many believe he can help you? If God can forget your mistakes, he can help you to forget it. And he can give you victory over it. We're going to deal tonight with the many hurts and the wounds that are in the soul realm. Now, I started to tell you there are many aspects of it. Your spirit, the eternal aspect, the soul realm, which is the seat of your emotions. The Bible says that when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. The soul realm is the part of you that motivates your emotions. That's the realm that all Adam people live in. Adam people, people who are under the curse of the emotional stress of the soul man. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. He cannot bring deliverance to you. All he can do is torment you with emotions. In Adam, all die. Live in the soul realm. It will kill you. The only way to life is to live in the spirit realm. For the last Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. You must pull yourself out of the soul realm. Some of you listen to Ray Charles. Born to lose. Live my life in pain. Loving you has only brought me shame. All 
my life I've been so blue <laughs> born to lose <laughs> and now I'm losing you you go ahead and live in that realm if you want to it will destroy you you need to get that Radio tune something else. It says victory in Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on and help me praise the Lord. Victory in Jesus. I'm not against music. I love all kinds of music except acid rock and demon possessed music. I like music. Doesn't bother me. To hear music, but I've learned to appreciate the sound of the music, the progression of the music. I'm musical. Not everybody can do that. Most people are associated mentally with what the song is telling them. That's why it destroys many people. Let's read in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30 and verse 17. For I will restore health unto thee. Oh, hallelujah. And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they call thee an outcast saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. What is the Lord saying? He's made a promise. The promise prophetically was ministered to Israel, but yet more than Israel, spiritual Israel. And the Lord says, I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. Now notice here, this verse shows that sickness stems from hurts. Look at it. I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. Some of you are sick because of hurts. Hurts in your mental department. I started to tell you we have the spirit realm, we have the soul realm, we have the mental realm, and we have the physical realm. You must gain the victory in every one of these departments. You cannot let one department be turned over to the enemy. If you do, it will affect another department. If you turn over your emotions to the enemy, your sentiments, and allow him to hold you with the affliction of a wound or a hurt, it will affect your mind. Your mind will affect your body. The organs of your body respond to what goes on in your mind. And that's why many people find themselves sick. Your mind has to deposit 
what it feels somewhere in your body. It has to unload it in your body somewhere. So if you're jealous, it will unload that jealousy in your colon. And medical science declares that people who are extremely jealous many times develop cancer of the colon. The mind dumps that jealousy in your stomach. If you're bound by fear, it will dump that fear in your arteries and you will develop hardening of the arteries. Fear causes that. How does fear create hardening of the arteries? Because of the adrenal glands that are situated right here above your kidneys that God put there to give you extra strength when you need it. But if you're a very fearful person, adrenaline is pouring into your bloodstream continuously, keeping the cholesterol circulated in your bloodstream and the cholesterol causes your arteries to harden. And then we go and ask God why we're sick. And we wonder why we can't get healed. And we ask everybody to pray for us and we can't get healing. It's because the sickness developed out of a hurt or a wound or a fear that had bound you all of your life. And there's no way for you to be healed until the wound or the hurt or the fear is healed. And the only thing that can heal that is the word, the power of God. How many believe he sent his word and healed them? And we're going to deal with the many things tonight that people are hurt over. And hurt throws you into depression and opens the door to spirits of infirmities. Many of you are hurt by your parents. Now, to sit here tonight, any of you that were grievously injured are hurt by your parents. Basically, you do not want to admit it. You don't want to admit it to yourself. You don't want to believe that your parents hurt you. You definitely don't want to admit it to your friends. So what do you do? You bury that thing in the graveyard of your memories. It becomes a skeleton of torment. You try to keep it cooped up on the inside of you. That has got to come out of there. How many believe that God has to lance that boil and that, that ulcer and let that poison out of there? And brother, when he takes that poison out, then he's able to heal you on the inside and give you the inner healing of your spirit, your emotions, and your mind. Some of you were hurt by your father, your father's were mean or hateful and always degrading you and telling you how incapable you were and created within you an inferiority complex that has been with you all of your life that continuous hounding of degradation degrading you opened the door for fear to come into you now you're not afraid of other people. Some of you men are bound up with fear. You're not afraid of another man. You just knock him out. 
That's not the kind of fear that controls you. It's another kind of fear. And that's the thing that creates your hostilities in some of you. You're hostile because you're trying to prove that you're not afraid. That has to come out of there. Your hostilities stem from your insecurities. Insecurities of fears. Some of you had mothers that were mean and hateful, and some daughters have had mothers that were jealous of them and hateful with them and despised them. And that spirit was fed into you and into your mind, and you were hurt. Some daughters have been sexually molested by demon-possessed fathers that has wounded their minds. That's why they cannot truly respond to their husbands in lovemaking. They hate it because they associate it with the wound and the hurt. Others were molested by other relatives and uncles and so on and so forth. And the hurt is there. For you to ever be totally happy and whoever is with you to be happy with you. It has to come out of there. You have to be healed of it. How many believe that Jesus is able to heal you? Hallelujah. He's able to heal you. I love him. Many of you are hurt because you never felt love. Now there's a vast difference between affection and love. A vast difference. Affection is not love. Parents can pet the flesh. But there is a love that is demanded by every child. And that kind of love that is demanded can only be manifested in God. It is a divine concern for their soul and their spirit. And unless you know God, you can't manifest that. You can manifest a concern for their flesh, but not meet the demand of their spirit. That's why they've never felt the love, the love that comes from God. And that hurt right there builds hostilities in the spirits of children. And it'll build a hostility of defense to prevent you from being hurt again by anyone else and it will throw you into such a state of defense that you're afraid to respond to anyone or let down the walls for one minute and then you explode because you see someone else manifesting love or receiving love and it makes you jealous and you can't receive it because you're hurt. You're wounded. The love of God has got to be exercised and manifested. 
and given to your children. That's why many children turn to drugs. Why? Even Christian parents have children who turn to drugs. Why? Because the children were not able to feel the real, true love of God. Why? For many different reasons. Some of you imposed religious tradition on your family, not the love of God. And those children will turn to drugs in an effort to extract from you the love that they've always demanded and could not get it. They know by turning to drugs that it will make you start praying for them. It will make you start manifesting something that they've never had. Don't blame your children for all of their bondages. You're partly responsible. Someone said, well, what am I going to do? Yes, I know I've made mistakes. Well, the Lord's able to correct that too. How many believe any time you put it all in God's hands and quit wrestling with it, he can straighten out anything? It's not too late. It's never too late if you're breathing. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're alive tonight? The Lord can still straighten it out and correct the problem. Some of you were hurt by your brothers and sisters. You never could feel the love and the closeness that you wanted to. And you're hurt. It's created a feeling of loneliness and insecurity in you. Some of you were hurt by the death of a loved one. Especially when you are young. Listen carefully. If when you were young you experienced the death of a parent that can open the door of fear and cause you to feel that they forsook you and subconsciously you cannot put your finger on why you are afraid but it goes back to the fear that they forsook you and it builds the fear of loneliness and let me tell you something that some of you may not like but I'm going to say it anyway every person that has ever been taken in the snare of sexual sin was not full of lust for sex some people fall into sexual sin out of fear of loneliness it doesn't mean they're a pervert. Smile. It doesn't mean they're just running around looking for someone they can have a sexual relation with. The church has been really bad at misjudging people and the circumstances. They think that everyone who has fallen into a, a snare of sexual sin is eat up with lust. That's not true at all. They may have been driven to that out of fear of loneliness. Don't be so quick to point your finger. Help them. Give them the love of God. 
Help them get the victory over it. Love them into victory. Come on and help me praise the Lord. Glory. Somebody said, well, does that make it right? No, fear is not right in any case. But the Lord doesn't look at everything the way you look at it. Just remember that and thank God for it. If he did, I wouldn't be here tonight. Some of these people would make sure I wasn't. Like the one fellow said, I'm glad that my God is not like a man. For if my God was like a man, he'd have done took me out of this old land. Doesn't judge you like a man. He's God. He knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Someone said, sin is sin. Yes. And everybody that's bound by sin is in sin no matter what sin they commit. You think God stands up and marks up all the sins of sinners? They're all sinners. Hallelujah. Till you get delivered from sin, you're bound by sin. I don't care if you drink, get drunk, commit adultery, whatever you do. Kill people, you're still a sinner. If you just sit at home and criticize all the preachers, you're still a sinner. Hallelujah. You don't go out on your wife or your husband. You just sit there and say, bless God, I'm not going to church. You're still a sinner. I don't need God. You're still a sinner. You go to work every day and punch the clock and bring home the paycheck. The money's there to pay the bills and buy the groceries. You're still a sinner. Somebody said, but some are worse than others. That's where God comes into the picture. He judges righteously. How many believe that? He judges righteously. Remember that. Fear of loneliness, and how does it develop? You may have just been looking for someone that you could feel close to. Many people do not understand. Husband may not understand his wife. Having a relation with another man. He'll get jealous and want to kill her. But doesn't understand there's something missing. That woman may be lonely. It doesn't justify her. But maybe you ought to search out your own life and find out if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Are you still here? There's got to be a tie. There's got to be a bond there somewhere of communication. And all of these fears generate these things and what happens to people? Then they fall into sexual sin and lust because it is a form of communication. Are you still there? It may be flesh communicating to flesh, but yet it's a form of communication. And where did it all start? Loneliness, fear, doesn't make it right. You still have to ask the Lord to forgive you. You have to ask the Lord to set you free from it. But find out where it started. 
It may have started with the demand of love that you never could feel. And you're forever searching for it. That's why some people can never be happy. They're forever searching for the love that they never could feel. It can only be felt in God. And from people who love God. That's why you're better off being with God's people than some of your ungodly family. God's people will generate love that you demand. Hallelujah. Now you can call it anything you want to. You can call it ego. You can say a man's on an ego trip. Let's deal with it. Why is a man on an ego trip? What causes a man to get on an ego trip? It's because of a certain kind of demand that he has to have as a man. And that need has to be met. Unless a wife makes that man feel that he's a man. Unless God is in control of his life, totally. He's going to look for someone that he can exercise the man-masculine authority over. It doesn't mean domineering either. It means respect. And he's going to look for that. Wives, check out your lives. Make your husband feel like a man. Don't let him be wounded in his spirit to where he starts searching for some place to fulfill that authority of a man. You can say, well, he's on an ego trip. He may be on an ego trip, but what created it? Fear that he doesn't have the authority that a man is supposed to have. Are you still there? Now, let me deal with the men. What if this happens to you, man? There's only one answer. Let God heal the wound. How many believe that God can heal the wound? And what is the answer for it? The answer for it, the answer for it is falling in love with God and fellowshipping with Jesus Christ. How many believe you can fellowship with Jesus Christ in a realm that all of these other things take second place in your life? Hallelujah. But not everyone is there yet. What we're dealing with is the wound that keeps them from getting there. If you're wounded in your spirit, you'll never be able to attain that until the wound is healed. God has to take that out of there by the roots. Some of you were hurt by your companion, by your husband, by your wife, through death or separation. You may have lost a companion in death. There's been a hurt in your spirit ever since, a fear. You lost them through a divorce. There's been a fear in your spirit. You're wounded in your spirit. Some of you have been hurt over disrespect from unsaved members of your family when you wanted them to be saved. And they ridiculed you and your faith in God. And it wounded your spirit. 
And now you don't really have the power to witness to anyone else because you feel like you failed in leading your family to God. Are you still there? The devil is sly, isn't he? You need to discern where it is that he has wounded your spirit and is holding you in bondage. Some of you have been hurt over family members not accepting someone that you loved. You loved someone, but your family wouldn't accept him. Let me tell you the answer to that. Very simple. Love where it makes you happy. Now we're talking to Christians. Somebody said, well, what if it's not God's will? God's will will make you happy. And how many believe that he'll let you love where it makes you happy? Don't regard your family. They're not living your life. Somebody said, but I can't be happy cutting off my family. You won't. Stand your ground. Make them come around. Hallelujah. Let God heal that wound. Some of you were hurt by your children not accepting you as a stepmother or a stepfather. You were hurt by them disrespecting you. Some of you were hurt by your children not respecting your faith in God. Some of you were hurt by your family or your children not considering you. Some of you were hurt by your children not working with you or coming by to see you. Or helping you with money when you're old. And your kids are making a lot of money. And you're hurt. And you know what you're letting them do? You're letting them kill you. I had a friend who was in the ministry for many years. Had many outstanding miracles. And he said every time he would go by to see his mother. Said he'd always walk in and say, Mom, how are you doing today? She'd say, Oh, son, pray for me. Said, I got a pain right here in my neck. Got a pain in my shoulder. Got a pain down here in this leg. And he'd pray for her. Come back and see her in a few days. Walk in and say, Mom, how are you feeling today? Oh, son, I'll tell you. Pain here in my neck. Pain here in my shoulder. Pain down here in my leg. Said this went on and on and on. So one day he said, I'm going to do something different. Before he went over to see his mother, went by and got a brand new $50 bill. When he walked in that day, he didn't say, Mom, how you doing? He just walked over. She was sitting in the rocking chair, rocking, dying. Huh? He just walked over and laid that $50 bill in her lap. She looked at it, held it up, kind of grinned. He said, Mom, how are you doing today? She said, Son, I tell you, I'm feeling better than I have felt in ages. Just a little consideration. 
Just a little consideration. Got rid of the pain in the shoulder, pain in the neck. She was dying of hurt. Hurt by children. Some of you parents are dying from hurt. Doesn't make any difference if they respect you and consider you. Stand your ground and live for God. Hallelujah. Be what God wants you to be. Some of you are hurt. Some of you are hurt because you're bitter toward God. You're bitter over the loss of a loved one. Some of you that may have lost a child and you're bitter toward God. You're hurt in your spirit at God. You're wounded at Him. And you have questioned Him ever since why He let this happen. And you'll never be able to go on with God until you get that out of your spirit. It's got to come out of there. Now you're bound up with fear of losing another one. Some of you are bitter at God for not letting you have something that you wanted desperately. And you don't even understand that he was protecting you all the time. Some of you are hurt and wounded over someone you loved. A fiancé that jilted you. You ought not to be hurt. You ought to be praising God he did it now. Amen? It's better now than ten years later and five kids later. It's better now. Praise God for it. Don't allow the enemy to hurt your spirit. Many of us are wounded. We're hurt over disappointments in ourself because of our failure with our money affairs, our attempts at business. Some people want to step out and really make something out of their life and they fail and they get hurt and they lose confidence in the ability God has given to them and they will set in poverty all of their lives because of a hurt and a wound in their spirit because they failed. Brother, if you fall flat on your face, get up and start over. Don't you let the devil keep you there. Don't be hurt. Don't be wounded in your spirit. Many of you are hurt over partiality from your families. They were partial to another one of the children. You're hurt. You're wounded over it. Many of you are hurt over being rejected. Listen carefully. You were rejected in school, some of you. That hurt has been with you all of your life. Why were you rejected in school? Some of you because of overweight problems. You're hurt. It's caused jealousy to develop. Some of you were hurt because of the lack of money. You weren't accepted in school. You didn't have the money that other kids had. Some of you were hurt because of religion. I was. Became very insecure. Because of hurt over religion. My father never would let me take part in sports in school. I love my father. I respect him very highly. Now I can see that he was doing what he felt like he needed to do. But I couldn't see it. 
at that time, and I wasn't even aware of what it was that had me in bondage of fear. You'd never believe that I was afraid to even get up in front of the class and give a speech. Hallelujah. My God, I'd have a nervous breakdown. Why? I wasn't normal like the other children or other kids in school. I couldn't be like them. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about just school activities. I couldn't even go to P.E. Our religion wouldn't let us put on shorts and play basketball. Church didn't believe in it. I was hurt in my spirit and wounded. Fear. I want you to hear me. This is a thing that God had to heal. This thing carried right on through into my ministry and held me in bondage for many years. Let me explain something to you that a lot of people don't know. Anytime you become a success for God in the ministry, you're going to pay the price, honey. Some of you don't know what I went through to get to where I am tonight. It looks like fun. And you know, back in those days, we used to go to revivals and every place we'd go. We always dreaded hearing them say this. We used to go to churches. I worked in churches for 20 years. I haven't always been classified as a false prophet. <laughs> Laura. That's only since I stepped out here and started reaching everybody and people come and get blessed and get a new experience opened up to them and that's when they started classifying it. But I had a lot of friends in those days and they all still do have a lot. But a lot of them that, you know, parted company because I was preaching too deep. Yeah, preaching too far out. Hey, hey, you, you, you know what Harlow White's doing now? Have you heard? He's preaching that old kingdom message of having victory all the time. And you believe he's preaching that, huh? He's went kooky off the deep end. He preaches divine health too. Everybody knows you have to be sick once in a while. That's why they classify me like this. But for 20 years, we preached in churches, one after another, closed on Sunday night, started another revival on Monday night, 500 miles away. One year, I was in church 342 nights out of 365. Thing always dreaded hearing when we got to a place for revival. Pastor would come out, bless their hearts. Pastor would come out and say, now, Brother White, oh, praise the Lord, Lord God, hey, good to have you here. Praise the Lord, we're going to have a revival. Now, we got you a place to stay. Now, it's just a little humble place. I said, oh, God. I know what that meant. That meant it had hot and cold running roaches. A bed stuck back under a stairway somewhere where I had to get on my knees to get in the bed. I know what that means. I've been through it, honey. 
Got up one morning and had nothing to eat for breakfast but just red beans. I'm pastor and prophet of God, Harlow White, here today. I pray you were blessed with today's message. And now let's pray and believe God for a miracle. Heavenly Father, I bring every person that has listened to the message that you gave to me today. I pray for them, and I send the power of your word out to each one of these people. And you said that you sent your word and healed and delivered from all destruction. Heavenly Father, I send out the power of your anointing. Let the bondages of Satan be broken. Let the powers of evil spirits be broken asunder. Let every heart, soul, mind, spirit, and physical body be delivered from the powers of the enemy. Right now, bring victory into the life of every person, and I command the miracles to be done right now through the healing virtue of the healing stream of the divine virtue and the anointing of God. Let every person be blessed in their mind. Let every person be blessed mentally. Let every person be blessed spiritually. Let every person be blessed domestically. Let every person be blessed physically. Let every person be blessed financially. I speak the word of victory to them today, and I command a miracle to be done in their life. Praise God. Go ahead and praise God for your victory, because I feel a great anointing flowing right now. I want you to visit my website, Harlow White, that's H-A-R-L-O, Harlow White, W-H-I-T-E, HealingStream.com. Tell me if you were blessed by God's message today. Tell me what God did for you. And while you're there, visit my donation page and pray about giving a special offering to help me stay on this broadcast. I want to say thank you to everyone that will help me financially to stay on this radio broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I want you to tell your family and friends to listen. A new message will be on this broadcast every week. And don't forget, you can tune in to this broadcast anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And God bless you. And take your miracle and take your blessing today. I'll be looking forward to you tuning in next time. I send God's love to you today.